1: Here's today's spoken edition of Wired. If you add them all up, Google actually makes a lot of gadgets. It sells Nexus phones, Chromebook Pixels, Pixel C tablets, Nest Smart Home products, cardboard VR viewers, Chromecast and Chromecast Audio, pretty Wi Fi routers, even weird custom phone cases. But you'd never think of Google as a hardware company because there's no rhyme or reason to any of it. Some things are made for developers, others to show off how great a form factor or operating system could be. Some become really expensive doorstops. I'm sure I'm forgetting stuff, too. Google's made so many small-time moves in the gadget market that it's hard to track them all. This one feels different, though. If the rumors are true, which they almost always are, Google's about to drop the biggest bundle of hardware in the company's history. At an event on October 4th in San Francisco, we expect to see two new phones, which will come with Pixel branding and potentially the biggest mainstream push for a Google phone ever. Google will also announce a release date for Home, its Amazon Echo-style chat box, and for the Daydream virtual reality platform. Sundar and friends will also reportedly have a new router to show off and a new Chromecast. Maybe some Chromebooks, too and maybe even the long-awaited operating system that combines the best of Chrome OS with the best of Android. And who knows? Google could release a new self-driving car just for fun. Either way, it's going to be a busy day. None of this means Google's trying to be the world's greatest gadget manufacturer. I don't think they are about boxes, says Tong Nguyen, principal analyst at research firm Gartner. They're not out there to sell boxes of anything to anyone. Hardware's a crazy business to get in anyway, Wynn says, with the tiny margins and massive entrenched players. Plus, it's not what Google's really about. What's Google really about? Attention. Yours. Ours. Everyone's. Google's in the business of getting people to use its products, so that it can collect data with which to both improve its products and make several more barge loads of advertising money. That's why Google makes so many good apps for the iPhone, ostensibly its biggest competitor. Google's product isn't the phone, it's what you do with the phone. The future's calling. There's a shift happening, though, that threatens to undermine that approach. Services are becoming invisible, and platforms are becoming exclusive. Take the iPhone, for instance. Apple has made iOS so robust and integrated that the iPhone is far more useful if you only use Apple products. Using Siri to do research, play songs, and get directions is a seamless and fast way to use your phone, one that cuts Google out entirely. Sure, you can download the Google app, but launching and using it is a much more complex pathway than just holding the home button and asking a question. The Amazon Echo is the same way. Do you know what search engine Alexa uses to figure out who the 31st president was? Do you care as long as the answer is correct? To be fair, Google's in a strong position because Android is so wildly popular. But as mobile and voice shift search from pages of blue links to just answering your question, and as much more devices start to connect to the internet, we're going to start using the web in countless new places. Google has to make sure it's in all those places. This article was posted by David Pierce.
0: Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more